This call may be recorded or transcribed.
Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita, who's on the line. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Happy Wednesday. God bless everyone on the call. Hey, hey. <laughs> Good morning. Happy Wednesday, Sister Lisa. Have, Have a great day. day. Thank you. You too. Good morning. It's Brother Michael. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, Brother Michael. Happy Wednesday to you. Here in Portland, Oregon, for another week. Oh, good. Okay. Pray for me. They certainly will. Good morning, Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you, too. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you. Can I have a quick prayer request for myself? Um, I might have. I've got to go see the doctor tomorrow, but I'm having some pretty bad pain in my lower back and in my hip. So, um, if you could keep me lifted up, I sure would appreciate it. I certainly will. We well, we certainly will. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you so much. God You're bless so you. Welcome. God bless you. Have a good Thank you so much, and happy Wednesday to you, Sister Yvonne. God's got our back. Amen. Good morning. It's Pretty Patrice. Good morning, family. Good morning, Pretty. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling to Claire Victory. This is Palacito. Who else has joined us? Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita, who's on the line. Good morning. This is Juanita. Good morning, Juanita. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. Thank you for calling to Clear Victory. This is Felicita, who's on the line. Good morning. This is Monica. Good morning, Monica. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you, too. Thank you. Hey, good morning, Judy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, good. How's Ashanti? She's blessed and highly favored. <laughs> She's doing awesome. Her health has been so good. 
I just Praise look at her and God. see a miracle. <laughs> Give her a hug for her, from her auntie. I love you guys. Love you too, and I sure will. And you hug your babies for me. <laughs> Good morning, Miss Diane. Good morning, Diane. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Valacita. Thank you so much. Good morning, valuable gifts. Good get the babies a hug for me, all of them. DDs. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. And you do the same. You give your babies yes. a hug for us. <laughs> yes, thank you. So I'm waiting for you to come get yours. Your twin. <laughs> <laughs> you better leave my baby alone. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Hi, Valuable. This is Sonia. Good morning. Good morning, Sonia. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. And uh, uh, don't be giving away my baby, uh, Dee Dee. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'll come driver. We'll go for a ride. We'll go for a ride. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita. Is there anyone else that would like to say good morning before we begin the hosting? Good morning. It's Krishanda. Happy Wednesday. God bless you. God bless you, and good morning, Krishanda. Okay, at this time, I'm going to ask everyone to please place their phones on mute, and we'll begin the hosting. Good morning, everyone. My name is Valuable Valacita, and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here in Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m., Central Standard Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to join us during the month of March, where our monthly theme is entitled Radical Relationships. All of the declarations will focus on the importance of having radical relationships, considering the will and plan of God, which allows us to walk and live with purpose. There are two announcements today. Today is the day that Declare Victory Fast for anything that you may be believing the Lord for. If you would like to join in, push back your plate or something that you spend a lot of time doing and offer this time to the Lord in prayer. We will be fasting all day until 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time when we'll call back into the same phone number and have a quick closing prayer. Second, we would like to offer you an opportunity to put God first in the area of your finances. Our mission at Declare Victory is to offer sound declarations based on biblical truths along with prayer during the week and outreach participation to serve our communities in need. Will you partner with Declare Victory by giving to support our mission? There are three ways to give. You can give at declarevictory.org or through PayPal at paypal.me forward slash declarevictory or through Cash App at dollar sign I declare victory now. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. We have two spoken prayer requests. The first one is from Brother Michael. He is still traveling, so let's continue to lift him up, and we pray for traveling grace for Brother Michael. And then Susie is going to be going to the doctor. She's experiencing pain in her lower back and her hip. So we're just going to pray and believe for complete healing for Susie's back and, and hip. 
The order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Sabrina. Declaration by Philip Watson. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the Declare. I'll repeat the order. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Sabrina. Declaration by Philip Watson. And then closing comments will be hosted by the Declare. The scripture for today is Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you please place your phones on mute until instructed to come off of mute. I now pass the call to Sabrina. Have a blessed day. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you this morning. Hallelujah. We bless you in the sanctuaries of our heart. We bless you from the innermost depths of our being. Father, we bless you simply because you are great and greatly to be praised. Father, we thank you for the dawning of a new day. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that allowed us to see it. We thank you because we realize it is of your mercies that we are not consumed this morning. So, Father, we have enough to be grateful for with just the first hours of the day because you are good and your mercy endures forever. We just thank you for waking us up with a portion of our health and our strength, the activities of our limbs, the ability to talk, the ability to think, the ability to worship you, even if it's in spite of. Father, we worship you from a heart of gratitude from a posture of remembrance for all that you've done. Father, before we ask you for anything, we thank you for everything, even the ability to feel pain in our bodies because we realize there's someone laying with paralysis that can't feel anything. So God, we thank you for every nerve ending that's working. We thank you for every tendon that's working. We thank you for every muscle that's sore. We even thank you for the afflictions of our body that lets us know that we are still alive. We thank you because we realize that even in the midst of our troubles, even in the midst of our peril, even in the midst of calamity and chaos, you are God. And above you, there is none other. We thank you because you are our mighty battle axe. We thank you because you are victory. We thank you because you are sunshine after the storm. God, we bless your name on today. Anything we need, you are. We call you the all-sufficient one. You are the creator of the ends of the earth, and you fail not. So we bless you today, God. Even as we write down things that we call petitions, we write them in gratitude. We write them because you have the whole wide world right in the palm of your hand. And God, we thank you because there is nothing that happens outside of your knowledge. There's nothing that happens outside of your sight. We thank you because you are all seeing, all knowing, omnipresent. You are everywhere at the same time. God, there is nothing that escapes your knowledge. We bless you because you are God, and above you there is none other. We thank you 
because you never sleep or slumber. God, our trouble did not catch you by surprise. Hallelujah. You saw it coming, and we thank you that you are prepared. Hallelujah. We thank you that there is a way of escape that is prepared. We thank you for this radical relationship that we have with you. We thank you that we can lean and depend on you, God. We thank you that we can cast all of our cares on you simply because you care. So on this morning, we are grateful to be able to call you Father. This morning, we are grateful that you call us friend. We This morning, we are grateful for the reconciliation that was done on Calvary's cross through your son, Jesus Christ, who we are joint heirs with. Father, this morning, we have a lot to be grateful for. Even as we look at our list and we look at you, we look at our list and we look at the throne. We look at our list and we look at the throne, the things that bother us shrink in your sight. Father, we thank you. That there is nothing that can stand in your sight. There is no sickness. There is no ailment. There is no disease that can stand before you. It has to bow to your majesty. It has to bow to your authority. It has to bow to your greatness. We thank you that we serve a God that can speak the word only and his servants can be healed. We thank you that we serve a God that can send the word and it can be done. So, Father, we ask that you would do what only you can do, and that's to be God. Show up and be God in every situation. I thank you that you are God in Ukraine. I thank you that you are God in Russia. I thank you, God, that even though calamity has broken out across the world, God, that you declare that the king's heart is in your hands and you turn it whatsoever way that you will. So, Father, we're asking that your will will be done. And as it's being done on earth, as it already is in heaven, our prayer is for protection for the innocent. Our prayer is for protection for the weak. We lift up those children to you. We lift up those widows to you. We lift up the elderly to you. We ask that you would have mercy for those that are in their journey of pilgrimage to safety. God, we ask that you would have mercy. Oh, God, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. God, we realize that it could be us living in a war-torn country, but oh, for grace on this morning. So God, as your will is being done, we recognize that anything that's under your control is not out of control. We just ask for mercy. Father, we lift up the family of that young man who passed away on that ride. Hallelujah. We lift up his family to you, God. We lift up his mother and his father to you, God, and we ask that you would have mercy. Father, as parents, we don't understand the depth of sorrow to lose a child in such a tragic way but god have mercy and while we're lifting them up father we lift up parents that have lost children all over this world and we're asking that you do what only you can do and that's to comfort their hearts and their minds be with them god like only you can hold them in the cradle of your arm your word says that you will give peace that surpasses all understanding. We're leaning on that for today. God, we lift up those that are sick. God, those that are sick without a prognosis, those that are sick without a diagnosis, those that are sin sick, those that are heartbroken and sick. Father, we lift them up to you because you are the mender of broken hearts. God, you 
are the great physician and you've never lost a patient. So we lift them up to you for revelation knowledge. We lift them up to you for healing and understanding. We lift them up to you because you are the only one that can do it. And if you don't do it, God, we recognize it can't be done. So Father, we stretch our hands to thee. There is no other help that we know this morning. If you withdraw yourself from us, God, where else will we go? We come humbly before your throne this morning. We say, have your way, God. Have your way. Father, we lift up those that are traveling. We lift up Brother Michael. We thank you for traveling grace and mercy. We lift up those that will be traveling today, myself, Dion, Tanya, and all of those, God, that will be traveling even to go into the marketplace. We thank you in advance for safe travel and safe arrival. We thank you in advance for destination assignments. God, we thank you for those that we will encounter on the way, those that we can shed light to, those that we can introduce them to you. Father, we thank you for destination assignments on today. Father, we lift up Susie. God, and I'm asking that you would increase her faith. God, I'm asking not only that you would heal her body, but that you would increase her faith so that she believes in the depth of her own prayer. Hallelujah. That she believes in the depth of her own relationship with you so that when things come up, it doesn't shake her. When things come up, it doesn't scare her. When things come up, it doesn't catch her by surprise because her father is rich. Hallelujah. In healing and knowledge. Hallelujah. And so I'm asking that you would touch her heart that you will set her mind at ease on today. And if there's any others that are sick among us, sick on the line, Father, I thank you for their faith. All you said we need is the grain of a mustard seed. So I thank you as even we lift up petitions that were unspoken, we lift up the children that are represented on this line, those that are adults, those that are just born, those that are in transition. Father, we lift up the children to you. We thank you in advance for how you're blessing them. We thank you in advance for how you're wrapping your loving arms of protection and security around them. We thank you for their future. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we thank you that you continue to spare them from the spirit of suicide and depression and anxiety. Father, we thank you that you're cloaked them. Hallelujah. With salvation, God, we bless your name on today. Father, we lift up the declarer. We lift up Brother Philip to you today, and we thank you for his place in the kingdom. We thank you for this mighty man of valor. God, we thank you for his fearlessness, for his ruthlessness, for the sake of the gospel. We thank you for the sword that he will daily. God, we ask that you will bless him and bless him indeed. Father, we thank you for all that represents the leadership of this call. God, we thank you for everybody whose hands are in it to make it successful. God, we ask that you would bless them and bless them indeed in large territories on today. Father, we thank you for the benefits that we draw because we set ourselves aside for you. We thank you that we take pleasure in being a royal priesthood. We thank you that we take pleasure in being sanctified and set aside for your use. God, we thank you that we take pleasure for being your vessels of honor and not dishonor. God, we thank you that we have a desire in our heart to live holy, 
and upright before you. God, we bless you because the benefit package is amazing, but your love is even more amazing. So, Father, as we get ready to take our phones off of mute as a collective, we do so with joy and enthusiasm because we realize that you hear us when we pray. So today, God, we don't expect you to come down to us. We send our praises up to you. Today, you don't have to move. God, we're coming to where you are. As we take our phones off of mute, we're sending yeah. our phones I'm 
So, Father, as we get ready to transition the call, we bless your name. Hallelujah. And we pray that the praise that we rendered hallelujah made it to your throne god we thank you because your word declares that you and have it you live in the praises of your people so as we declare that you are our god and we are your people we are forever grateful for this radical relationship god we trust you we trust you even when we don't understand we trust you we make a conscious decision to trust you with outcomes that we can't even fathom in our mind because your word declares that you do all things well. Hallelujah. And because of that, we can say with faith and assurance, it is well with our soul. So as we place our phones back on mute, and as we get ready to transition a call, I pray for every heart that it will be receptive. I pray that you will open up the eyes of our hearts, open up our ears so that we can receive the word that you have prepared for us today, I ask that you would anoint the speaker even the more and make teaching easy today. And we thank you in advance for the sacrifice of study and the sacrifice of fasting, the sacrifice of worship, that it will be sown into good ground as we place our phones on mute. These blessings we ask in your darling son, Jesus' name. Amen. And Brother Phil, the call is in your hands. Amen. 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 Good morning to everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
and I'm so excited to be here um, on here. And I honor Dion, and I just thank God for her and for even um, entrusting me with the opportunity to either come on and be with you all and share with you all. Um, so I know that uh, you've been talking about uh, radical relationships. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on this um, from a certain place today uh, with radical relationships, covenant relationships. We're gonna touch on a little something today, and um, you know, just thank God even for that prayer. Uh, seriously, and Lord, I, I just come into agreement with the prayers that are being released. Father, I just ask right now that the things that are on your heart, the thoughts that are on your heart, Lord, that they will be accurately conveyed today. Lord, all the way up to this moment and even going beyond, Lord, if there's a certain direction that you wanted me to take and I'm missing that direction, Father, I just give you permission to reroute me even now. You know, just reroute me, God. And Put me in in the direction. Uh, put me into that place in the name of Jesus, Father. We pray, Father, that Your word will go forth, with signs, with miracles, and with wonders. I pray that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, Lord. I pray that today we would know the hope of our calling. Hallelujah. We would know the hope of our calling. And Lord, I pray for for any pact um, that has been made with anything, Lord, that is not righteousness, peace, or joy in the Holy Ghost. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus um, that that you will, will cut away if for those who desire uh, that today will be a day of cutting away in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. A day of cutting away. Hallelujah. And Lord, that you are connecting us with life and life more abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So I know that um, uh, the main verse uh, that's on the flyer is Proverbs, um, I think, 1824, um, about there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And we know, well, when you look up that word, sticketh close. It also means to cleave, um, to cleave. And another thing that we know about with covenant is when you look up the word for covenant, well, it just in the American term of covenant, we know that a covenant is an actual agreement, an agreement between two parties. And it's just, it's a little something more than just an agreement. It's almost like a contractual agreement. Like that's the weight of what covenant is. Like you can make covenant with somebody, um, but you don't sign an actual uh, uh, contract. But what happened in the Bible, there were different relationships where there was a sign or something that was made to show that one party was in covenant with the other party. I'm pretty sure you all have probably went over Jonathan and David and their covenant relationship um, that they had. Um, and I want to bring this part up about to cleave, uh, because, again, where it says a friend 
sticketh closer than a brother. Okay, um, that word sticketh or with what sticketh close closer. It also means to cleave. So there is a friend that can cleave or be attached closer than a brother. Okay, there is also a verse in the Bible um, from where we get our uh, where we get the verse about soul ties. Okay, um, where there was a guy who had uh, slept with um, um, I believe it was Dinah. Yeah, it was it was Dinah, uh, and he slept with Dinah. His name was Shechem. It's in Genesis thirty-four. And, you know, it says how his soul cleaved unto her, okay? His soul cleaved unto her. Uh, But this was the thing about his soul cleaving unto her. His soul didn't necessarily cleave unto her until after he had taken her and he had um, violated her. And once he violated her, um, the, the... uh, act of that violation produced a cleaving, his actual soul cleaving to her. Um, there's another verse as well that talks about um, uh, with, the, with the soul cleaving, um, you know, uh, Jonathan and David. But this is where we get the whole concept of a soul tie, all right? Um, and a soul tie also represents a form of covenant as well because when the soul is cleaving or the soul is tying okay the soul is sticking close remember there's a friend that sticketh close than a brother okay that stick close means cleave so there's a friend that cleaves closer than a brother okay the cleaving that's what we're talking about right now the cleaving, the, the the cleaving, and so when that actual act happens um, of fornication, there is a cleaving that begins to take place, where the 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 mind, the will, and the emotion of the one individual begins to cleave or come into a, a close agreement. It ties itself. To the other, and vice versa. There is a tie that is made. You know, a soul tie is a is a form of a covenant. The form of a covenant. Now, of course, we have godly soul ties. We have godly soul ties. We saw an example of a godly soul tie with Jonathan and David, and their friendship. Um, we saw, or there can be examples of a negative soul tie, things that we could cleave to that are that are negative. Uh, I'll give you a prime example. In the Bible, cleaving, um, uh, one of the things that could be associated with cleaving or something being tied to something is an actual yoke, okay? So how the Bible talks about His yoke is easy and his burden is light, right? When we're talking about Jesus in Matthew 11, Jesus is yoke. You know, what what is a yoke? A yoke is what they would take and they would put on an oxen, uh, on on ox, 
uh, on, on oxen, I mean. So they would take two, at least two oxen, and they would put this yoke on their neck. What did the yoke do? The yoke connected them together, all right? The yoke connected their necks together. So in other words, wherever one person had to go, one, one of the ox, oxen had to go, the other one's neck was going to turn and go that way because that yoke device is what um, uh, was responsible for how their necks move. You just couldn't do whatever it is that you wanted to do when you had that yoke on your neck. Your neck had to move according to whichever way the yoke moved because if it didn't, if you tried to, make your neck move a certain kind of way, then, I mean, you can end up breaking your neck, you know, because the yoke is that strong, you know, the yoke is that strong. So something is cleaving to something. Something is yoked to something, okay? Now, whatever it is that we're yoked to, we receive the fruit of what it is that we're yoked to, okay? We receive the fruit of whatever it is that we are yoked to. So again, I will use the example of the oxen, and you all can look up the word yoke if you want, Y-O-K-E, okay? We know that we hear it in the Bible, but I would encourage you, instead of just looking up a definition, I would encourage you to look up a picture a picture of what a yoke looks like. Because when you see what a yoke looks like, it really gives you um, a better, more solid definition where you really see it, the, the visual effect. Because then you can imagine that thing actually being around your neck, okay? Or around your soul, okay? And then it begins to bring um, more clarity to the power of being yoked to things. Remember how God talked about not being unequally yoked or not being unequally tied, okay? So in other words, you can be tied to something and it's not equal. And what do I mean it's not equal? I mean that you and that other thing are not on the same uh, you're not, for lack of a better term, you're not on the same level. You know what I mean? You're just not. You are on two two different fields, okay? But yet you can be yoked, okay? There is something that joins you together. And the thing that joins us together, the yoke, is a sign of a covenant, Okay? And again, covenant is agreement. Remember what the Bible says. Um, I think it's in Amos. How can two walk together except they first be in agreement? Okay? So it takes an agreement in order to walk together, in order to be yoked, in order to be connected. It takes some type of agreement between um, the two. Okay? Uh, of course, we see in our human relationships uh, we we look at probably the highest form of that in our human with human beings uh, the covenant between a man and a woman 
the agreement. And when I mean the the covenant, I mean as far as marriage, okay, as far as marriage. You know, marriage, uh, that's it's just what it is. It's a covenant before God, um, cleaving an agreement. But the highest form of friendship that we can actually have is our friendship with God. That's the highest form of friendship that we can have. It's the most stable form of friendship that we can have. And it's actually the, the greatest model of friendship that we can have. You know, our friendship with God, the way that we are with God, see, remember, I'm, I'm about to say something, um, and we, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but you're connected together when you're yoked with something. You're connected with that thing that you're yoked with. And so now since you're connected with the thing that you're yoked with, you eat the fruit of that particular thing that you're yoked with. So let me give you an example of what I mean. So in speaking about um, covenant, right, and speaking about covenant, there is uh, a scripture in Isaiah. Um, I'm actually pulling it up now. And I'm going somewhere with this. I'm just laying a foundation. There's a verse in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 18, that says, and your covenant with death shall be disannulled. Okay? So what does this show? This shows that there is a covenant that can be made with death. Okay? A covenant that can be made with death. Right? But just like there's a covenant that can be made with death or an agreement that can be made with death, there's also an agreement that could be made with life, okay? There's a covenant that could be made with life. There are all types of things that we can make covenant with or we can be in agreement with, okay? For instance, if, we, um, if we're an alcoholic, okay, we can make a covenant with alcohol, we make an agreement with that particular thing. Alcohol, you're my friend, okay? And so now what happens is I begin to reap the things that come from that friendship, okay? Because whatever you're yoked to, whatever you're connected to, you are going to uh, receive from that individual the things that they have, okay? So whenever you're connected with something, this is why we want to be careful of what it is that we're connected to. But Jesus is the ultimate connection. Jesus is the ultimate soul tie, okay? Um, Jesus is the ultimate um, individual that we want to cleave to. Jesus is the ultimate friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is, the, he is the greatest friend. He is the example for us of what a friend will do because we know what the Bible says, that greater love has no man than this, than one who will lay down his life for his friend. Hallelujah. Jesus lays down his life for his friend. Okay? This is a friend. This, this friend, if you want 
a model or an example of how to walk in covenant relationship. We look at Jesus as the model for covenant relationship. Jesus is the ultimate model that we should look at. And again, in our relationship with Jesus, it lays the foundation for how we are to be with others. Hallelujah. Because remember, in this relationship or in this agreement that we have with Jesus, see, Jesus has connected us to a covenant of love. Hallelujah. Jesus has connected us to a covenant or an agreement of love. What do I mean? Once we come into the new covenant, remember, we're under a new covenant, not under an old covenant anymore. We're under a new covenant. Hallelujah. We're, we're, not, we're not under this, this old covenant um, that was made. This old covenant has been done away. There are so many verses that speak of this old covenant being done away. As a matter of fact, let me take it a step further about our friend Jesus, all right, this one that we're cleaving to. Um, when it says that Jesus fulfilled the law, that word fulfilled um, in Matthew chapter 5, that, that word fulfilled, it also means to satisfy, to execute. Jesus satisfied the law. What do you mean he satisfied the law? Okay? Because, remember, he fulfilled the law. He said, I didn't come to abolish it, but to fulfill it. So what does it mean when you fulfill something or in, or in these words, you satisfy? that particular thing. In other words, there were requirements that the law had, okay? Uh, there were requirements that the law had. And so this particular law, uh, according to this particular law, the penalty of this law, the penalty of breaking one of these laws, was death. See, it was called the law of sin and death. It's called the law of sin and death. Romans chapter 8. This law opened the door to where if we sinned or broke one of them, we were guilty of breaking all of them. This is scripture. This is in James. And so what ends up happening is when Jesus came, because God knew that no one individual could satisfy the requirements of the law because there was no one individual that can keep the law. Our flesh was faulty. And so in other words, God considered the old covenant to be faulty. Hebrews chapter, um, um, I think that's Hebrews chapter 8. And so what ends up happening is the Lord says, basically, this agreement, I'm going to have to upgrade. I'm going to have to make a new agreement. I'm going to have to make a new covenant because I'm going to have to establish a new relationship or a new type of friendship or connection or cleaving 
with my people. And so he sent his son, and his son came and satisfied the requirements of that law. What were the requirements? That he had to die. You were guilty. If you broke one of them, you were guilty of breaking all of them. And the penalty for for that sin, the penalty for sin, period, was death. So Jesus came to satisfy the requirements of that particular covenant. Hallelujah. But what ends up happening in Jesus satisfying the requirements of that covenant was now you and I are able to enter into a new covenant, into a new agreement where we're no longer under the jurisdiction We are no longer under the control of the friendship of that old covenant. Hallelujah. Yes, this is the most radical. Let me me talk about how radical this relationship is right here. Because this friendship with Jesus is so radical that under this new friendship, he says, look, you don't have to worry about the requirements to that old thing that you had befriended. No. And I got scriptures for all of these. I'm, I'm actually going to keep it short, uh, you know, and wait till we get to the, you know, the Q&A part and all that. I got scriptures for, for all of these. I know this thing has been talked about. Um, this thing has been controversial for 2,000 years. Okay? And I could I go on and on about it. But this is the most important friendship because, again, what we're connected with, we reap the fruits of it. And so now we've come under a new covenant, this covenant of love. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 13 says that love is the fulfillment of the law. Hallelujah. It's the fulfillment of it. Love satisfies the requirements because If I love God, if I'm, you know, walking, let me take it a step further. Romans 5 verse 5 says the Holy Spirit is responsible for putting love in our hearts. He's responsible for putting love in our hearts. So the Holy Spirit will help us to love God. And not only help us to love God, he will help us to love others. If I love my brother, I'm not going to steal from him. If I love my brother, I'm not going to murder him. If I really love my brother, then I'm not going to covet what they have. Love is the fulfillment of the law. And so the Lord wants us to, there is a new agreement that our friend made with us. There's a new agreement. And we're to cleave to this new agreement. We're to cleave. We're to, to stick close. Remember, there's a friend that sticketh closer, closer than a brother. We want to cleave to it. We, we want to be yoked to it. And if we're not careful, what happens sometimes is we will cleave or yoke ourselves to an old covenant. We will cleave or yoke ourselves to something that Hebrews chapter 8 says, had fault in it and opened the door for something better to come. 
with better promises. And so once we become cleaved or yoked to that particular thing, we receive the fruits of it. Remember, it's called in Romans 8, verse 2, the law of sin and death. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it's called the ministry of condemnation. It's also called the ministry of death in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We don't want to cleave, be in agreement or in friendship with the ministry of death. Okay? But when we come into friendship, into covenant relationship, when we come into covenant relationship with the law, with the old covenant, what ends up happening is we now reap the fruits thereof. How can two walk together except they first be agreed? And so now we receive the fruits of that particular thing. So one of the things that the old law was called, it is also called the ministry of condemnation. So now we come into agreement with condemnation. We become friends with condemnation. Oh, man, I didn't keep this law right here. Condemnation comes. Oh, man, I didn't, you know, um, I, I was supposed to, I don't know, you know, certain rules that we, we make up or, or certain rules that we say with good intentions because we really want to please God and we don't end up doing that particular thing. Now, I'm not saying that you can't feel bad about something or have something like, oh, man, you know, but it's a difference between that and condemnation, okay? Things that messes with your self-worth. You feel like you have to be beat up. You have to be punished for these certain things. This, these are the fruits of what comes out of being connected with that law system. And the law isn't just limited to the things that were uh, uh, written in Leviticus, written in Deuteronomy, those hundreds of things. But there are even things that we've made up, even in our relationship. There are things that we've heard preached, even in our churches, that are like laws. In other words, we've made these things as things that we have to do in order to get freedom from Jesus. And there is actually nothing we have to do except believe that Jesus died for us on the cross. That is the requirement for eternal life. Now, are there byproducts of the gospel? Are there certain things that have came from the gospel that the Lord has opened the door or, or made available to us? Yes. You know, you, you have things like, like uh, uh, deliverance. You have things like healing. You have things like prophecy. You know, you have the, I mean, we could go on and on. These different things that are coming forth uh, as, as byproducts or fruits of the gospel. But at the end of the day, if a person never gives deliverance a day in their life, if a person never speaks in a tongue a day in their life, and mind you, let me just set this for the record. I minister deliverance, okay? I speak in tongues, okay? Like all them, all them things that you say, yeah, I, I believe in them, flow in them. 
But I also understand that that's not the basis or the foundation of my friendship. That's not the requirement of my friendship. The requirement for me to gain the benefits from my friend is to believe in what my friend did for me. And see, what ends up happening is that type of mindset with your friend of Jesus begins to shape your friendship with others because what it begins to do is it begins to deal with the works mentality to where you begin to develop a heart of, I want to bless somebody just because, not because I'm trying to work for their favor. Because let me tell you what ends up happening. Not just working for their favor, but the opposite happens too, where you begin to create an environment to make them feel that they have to work for your favor. We begin to do particular things. It's like controlling the relationship. We, we become controlling. We become controlling in the relationship. Jesus is not controlling. Jesus is just saying, look, just believe on me. That's all, that's all you got to do. Just believe, just believe in what I did on the cross. Believe that I died. I, your friend, demonstrated the ultimate act of love. I laid myself down for you. I died for you on the cross. I rose again. I'm alive right now. You believe that, you will be saved. It's not believe that and. Okay? It's not believe that and. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say this any, any, any better. But, uh, and I'll preface my comment with what I'm about to say. I am not coming to um, offend anybody, okay? But I have scripture for these things. So as a matter of fact, let me say it like this. There's nothing wrong if you keep the Sabbath. Talks about it in the Bible. Not the verse that some may think I'm talking about. I'm saying there's a verse where it shows, look, there are those that keep the Sabbath, but there's also nothing wrong with people who don't keep that particular day, whether the day is Saturday, whether the day is Sunday. Some people, if you're locked up for Christ, you're in jail. Maybe they can't do Saturday and Sunday. The only time that they can meet together is on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. What I'm saying is whether you keep that day, quote unquote, or not keep that day, the keeping of that day is not a prerequisite for you being saved. It's not a prerequisite for your friendship because we are now under a new covenant. And under the new covenant, our friend is actually the Lord of the Sabbath. So I'm saying that to say that, and I'm just using the Sabbath as an example. And the reason I'm using it as an example is because some people, you know, uh, believe uh, or have been taught uh, because of certain things that are taken out of context in the word, that besides salvation, there are also extra things that we have to do. You know, and um, there was a passage in the New Testament where it talked about the keeping of circumcision, you know, 
And Paul was going in about that. So I'm bringing this up because the most radical friendship that we can have is our friendship with Jesus. And it's actually a friendship that if we're yoked to it, the things from this friendship that he gives us are easy. Remember, the wisdom from above talks about in James. It's first, it is uh, first gentle, easy. It says it's easy to be entreated. It's easy. There's an ease that comes in our relationship with Jesus. But in friendship with that other thing, cleaving to that other thing, that's the thing that brings the condemnation hardship. This is a good day to even think about what are the laws that we've made in our own lives. Certain things that we've said, if we don't keep these things, we're not holy. Okay? And I'm talking about extra things. Because, see, when we believe in Jesus, the Bible talks about faith without works. There's certain things that go along with our actual belief. But this is the thing. We allow Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Remember, it's a Holy Spirit. This Spirit is central in helping us in our friendship. We want to receive the fruits of this healthy friendship, a friendship with Jesus. And our friendship with Jesus affects how we treat others. Hallelujah. If we're sitting there, up there, like, God, you got to do this. Do that. It's, it's almost like we we putting God on time limits, you know. We we telling God you got to do this and being very demanding of Him. Then guess what? We're gonna be like that with people. Hallelujah. You know, we we come into agreement with this thing. And what the Lord is, what the Lord wants to do today, is the Lord wants to destroy yokes. He wants to cut away those yokes that we have uh, 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 that that have been used to tie us or put us in covenant to things that have been bringing condemnation that have been bringing heaviness that have been bringing guilt that have been bringing shame that have been bringing despair the lord wants to cut those things away the lord wants us to experience the breath Hallelujah of life. Hallelujah. There are too many angry believers walking around right now. There are too many believers walking around on the verge of quitting and walking away from the faith. There are too many believers that are operating in mixture, combining the holy with the profane. And these things show that there is a disconnect with the yoking. Hallelujah. With the yoking, there's an unequal yoke that has happened. Because, again, there's a fruit that comes out of what you're connected to, what you're in agreement with. There's a fruit that comes with it. Now, yes, I can go. There are so many areas I can go on this thing about covenant and sticking close and agreement and 
um, you know, I could, I could go through all of these different things, like seriously, to break down different people in the Bible and show how these certain things are examples of covenant relationships. But on this day that I'm that I'm on here right now, um, this honor that Miss Dion has given me, I want to pray. I want to say, even at uh, the second or last day of this month that you would be intentional about asking Holy Spirit to cut away, hallelujah, cut away anything that you are in covenant with, come on, that has not been established or ordained by God. And first, starting with our one-on-one relationship with him, what is it that we are believing? What is it? What? belief are we accepting that is blocking us for walking in the full freedom and liberty of our friendship with him? Come on. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, one of the most key, most central things is having a covenant with the law of sin and death, having a covenant with the ministry of condemnation. And again, these are my words. This is what the Bible says. And I'm I'm saying these things, and trust me, it's funny. I I prayed that God will take me in the direction He want me to go, you know. And I literally was going to start out talking about something else, and He just immediately, I just immediately felt to begin to take me in this direction, you know, because I I literally was going to uh, break down something else concerning covenant. But I want to say this in closing. Um, and then we can open it up for, you know, whatever, um, for for whatever. And I know that this may be something that uh, can be a little controversial, because, uh, but it's the truth. It's time to for it to be dealt with and for us to properly understand it, okay? I want to establish foundation with this thing. I'm not saying that. Uh, we should be in a divine free-for-all, you know, because the Bible says don't let your liberty be an occasion of sin, okay? But Holy Spirit wants to lead us into this relationship where there aren't any burdens, where the burden is light, where the yoke is easy, hallelujah, where we're being led by the Spirit, we're not being led by fleshly laws. We're not being, uh, the Ten Commandments is not what's governing us. Now, I know that sounds very blasphemous, what I said, but listen, this is actually in the Bible. Do you know in the Bible, this, he, uh, in Second Corinthians chapter 3, he calls the Ten Commandments the ministry of condemnation and the ministry of death. Now, mind you, what I said, we're not to be led by the Ten Commandments. We're to be led by the Spirit, and the Spirit, come on, will fill your heart with love to where you won't do those certain things that you're trying to keep. Hallelujah. And these things are so important, people, of our covenant with Jesus and fine-tuning, making sure that, like, yo, like, like, that there's this peace in our friendship that I'm growing in my friendship with God, because let me tell you something else. Walking according to the law robs us 
of being a friend with God. I'm going to say that again. Walking in covenant with the law robs us of being a friend with God because it makes us feel that we're not worthy to be friends with him. This is how we make, it makes us feel, and there's scripture even for that too. You know, this is where we get some of this stuff and where we exalt people and where we feel like, well, I'm not on their level and, you know what I'm saying, all that other stuff. Oh, because that's a works-based mentality. Jesus in the door makes you qualified. The moment you believe, just like he did with that guy with Legion, that guy had 2,000 demons, Jesus set him free. That dude did not go to seminary or nothing. Dude went right out of that city and began to tell the city about Jesus, and the city came to him. He didn't go to no conference. He didn't have no people come and lay hands on him. He didn't have to say, let me get on Clubhouse and receive some impartations or some keys or something. He didn't have to do none of that. (laughs) Straight up. Come on. And this is important. Why? Because we are entering into a time, if you all haven't seen by now, in this time of uncertainty, God is also prepping us as the church for evangelism like never before. But the purpose of this evangelism is because there's a great harvest. There are those that are crying out in this time of uncertainty. Those that are crying out like, man, like, I really wish God was for real. You know what I'm saying? I need something to believe and hold on to. Hallelujah. The Lord says the harvest is plenty, and he wants to make sure that we are not producing a ministry of bondage, that a gospel of bondage, that we're not preaching that. Because there are all of these potential friends that the Lord wants to have covenant friendship with. But we can't go on behalf of this person who's supposed to be our friend and make their relationship feel like it's not going to be a friendship, but this hardcore dictatorship of love, a dictatorship of, of just servitude and like slavery. Because who wants to be with that? We might as well just leave. Uh-uh. The Lord wants to produce in us something better. He wants to give us something better. Hallelujah. And so today I'm imploring us, this friendship, to to let this be a day that we begin to assess our friendship with Jesus, our covenant. Do we really believe in the new covenant, the new friendship? Do we really believe in the new agreement? Is the new agreement enough? What is the new agreement? Do I believe that this new agreement is enough, or do I believe that I have to have certain things added to this new agreement in order to make me holy? Come on. Come on. And you know what? I told Dion I was I was going to be here today, so look, you know what I'm saying? I'm down to, look, we could chop this up. However long we need to chop this up, I have script. I got a million and one scriptures for it, okay? But what I desire, my end desire, is is for us to be free, experience the freedom of God, 
And in doing that, this will help better us in our relationships and our covenant agreements and our covenant friendships with people. Hallelujah. So I just bless you, and let me get real religious right now, and may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) Hallelujah. So does anybody uh, have a question or a comment that they want to make? Good morning. Good morning. It's Krishanda. I love hearing your voice. Thank you for the medicine this morning. Um, I know we're just doing greetings right now, but I just want to say what a friend we have in Jesus. Going Come on. on. Come on. Good morning. This is Rita. Good morning. Liz, hey, before, good before, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So I was just about to just say good morning, Dr. Phil. Go ahead. Good morning, Moxie. Good morning, everybody. Dr. Phil, you didn't come. You yeah. didn't come to do no plan today, huh? <laughs> I'm I'm scared of this roster, as the old folks would say, this rostrum with an M, with this rostrum of scriptures you got stored up, honey. I bet you they're gonna be coming out like AK-47s, man. <laughs> Love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for jumping in. Pray traveling grace for your girl. Man, yes. Come on. You said, hey, listen, you said radical, okay, relationships. Come on now. And you and you went there. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Georgia decoration. Thank you. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, Reverend Doctor. Jesus, love a friend, brother of mine. God bless you. <laughs> Thank God for you. This is glorious, Gloria. Love you. <laughs> Gloria, what up? <laughs> hey, let me follow behind my big sister. What up with it though? Hey. That kind of friend. What's that? What's with it? Jesus, love her. I'm with my sister. I wore your shirt the other day, too, so just so you know. Love you, man. Yo, butterfly, black butterfly. Morning, Phil. I'm like Gloria, but I'm going to say uh, sight crasher. Good morning. Love your declaration. <laughs> Good morning, Good Phil. Morning. Miss D, Jesus lover. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Yo. So, let me say this. <laughs> Y'all so funny. Yo, so let me say this. I'm going to start it off with this right here. Um, And I always want you to think about, like, is there anything that you feel that you need to do extra? outside of believing that Jesus, and I'm talking about to be saved, to be saved. If there's anything that you feel that you have to do outside of believing that Jesus died for you or the cross, that he rose again, and that he is alive right now, 
if there's anything extra that you believe that you have to do to add to that in order to be saved, uh-uh. it's, it's, it's wrong. And it's bondage. It's actually legalism. And we don't want to have friendship with legalism. This is what opens the door to religious spirits. This, this is what opens the door to control, to manipulation, to condemnation. And again, there are too many of us that ripped, like there's an unhappiness, like we should never have a feeling inside of us of, of uh, where we think that the world is better than Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that you're a bad person if you feel that. No, I'm getting to the actual root thing of is there something that's there that makes you feel that you have to work for Jesus, that you have to do that because that's where the disconnect is. The disconnect in what you feel that your friend is requiring. So I will read, excuse me, I'm going to read a verse, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. Here is one of the things associated with this friendship with God that we have. See, because all of us, we have to see ourselves as God's actual friend, not not as, as just a, a servant, okay? I'm talking about a friend. You think about what your relationship with your best friend is. This is how we have to see God. Because remember, one of the things that goes along with being a best friend is respect. It's respect. There are certain things you just don't do out of respect for that other person. Okay? So we want to we wanna see ourselves as friends because as a friend, you feel entitled to certain things. You feel you know you have privileges to certain things. Like the sister prayed earlier, a benefit package with that friendship, okay? If your best friend is a billionaire and you're homeless, I guarantee you, you're not going to be homeless too much longer, okay? Either that or your billionaire is going to take on some of your ways maybe, and then he's going to become homeless, you know what I'm saying? One or the other. But the relationship ain't going to just keep going with dude being a billionaire and you being homeless. And y'all just remain best friends for years, and there's no change at all. But Hebrews 8, verse 6 says, Now has he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. There were better promises that our friend has for us. Okay? Better promises a better covenant that our friend has for us, our friend Jesus. Hallelujah. And he said, as a result of bringing you something better, why did he have to bring something better? Because that means the thing before it wasn't good enough. So we had to establish something better. And so why are we clinging to something that is not associated with being better? We have to be careful. There are certain churches, you know, where either they're preaching law-based mentality, um, law-based things from, from things in the Bible, or they make up their own laws. We have to be careful of that 
You know, um, um, what about what about where you have there are some ministries where it says, and I'm saying I'm I'm just saying it's the love, but look, Jesus wants us to be free, okay? To be free to to in our friendship with Him. What about when you 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 know maybe you make a mistake or whatever it is in the church, and they tell you, okay. Um, you, I'm not talking about disciplining them where maybe you're in a leadership position and maybe you got to step away for a second or whatever, you know, but I'm going to put you on consecration, you know, because you, you messed up. I'm going to put you on consecration. Now you got to sit there. Um, you got to come to church like every single service. Uh, you have to be there. You got to fast for like 4,848 days, you know what I'm saying? You got to, and I know I'm exaggerating greatly, but I'm just saying, you got to do all of these things because you messed up. Because you messed up, all of these other things have to happen. Well, I got a newsflash. Under the new covenant, it doesn't tell you you got to fast 4,888 days because you messed up. No. That's that's an old covenant mentality. That's not that's not new covenant. Mm-mm. New covenant is you repent. You as a matter of fact, let me give you a verse. Uh, confess your sins one to another, and you will be healed. Okay. So basically, the confession. Hey, I'm sorry. I messed up. Lord, will you forgive me, please? The Lord says when he forgives us, he wipes our sins clean. He makes our sins white as scarlet, and he will remember them no more. Real talk. He didn't say, okay, in order for you to uh, be fully forgiven of this thing that you did, you know, I need you to go and put on sackcloth and ashes. You know what I'm saying? You got to go. I need you to pray for the next 12 hours, you know, like like, like for real. Now, and these are things that even that we will encounter even in the church. And I'm not saying that people are bad for saying it. People will say it with good intention. But the only problem with that is that it's connecting a person with the ministry of death. And so now we've just come into agreement or friendship with that thing. And so now we reap the fruits of that mentality. Because what came along with the law? Condemnation. Hallelujah. And so I'm telling you, we want to really check ourselves and really be like, yo, like what am I what what area of my life am I keeping the law? Now mind you, please, I am not saying. Remember, the Bible says, don't let your liberty be an occasion to sin, okay? So I'm not talking about that perverted hyper-grace theology where it's like, hey, you know what? Christ set us free. Let's go do anything. Come on, let's go put on some porn today. Like, let's go. No, no, no. No, not at all. That's the devil, okay? That's the devil. But I'm talking about where you feel you have to do certain things in order to make you right with God, okay, to make you right with God. Oh, man, I forgot to read my Bible today. Dang it. You know what? Oh, man, I'm, now I got to go and fast for the next, you know, 
I got to fast for the next week and a half. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't read my Bible today. It's okay. Now, should you do you want to read your Bible? Yes, but it's not for the sake of keeping your salvation. It's for the sake of your spirit man needs to eat. Okay? I read my Bible every day. I do. Not something. I read, you know, sometimes I'm able to read a lot. Sometimes I might only be able to look at a verse. And I might think or meditate on that verse. I put something in my body. Well, I probably read more than a verse, but I'm just saying it can be a verse. Uh, yeah, there are times, right, where it be a verse, and then maybe I might think on something else later or whatever. But, yo, you got to put some food in your spirit. You got to. But that's that's different. I understand that that's not a prerequisite for me being saved. You know, now, does it, uh, does reading the Bible increase uh, the intimacy in my friendship with my friend? Without question. Why? Because the more you spend time with somebody, the more you get to know them. So that's more so the purpose or the reasoning behind why we want to pray and why we want to read the word. It's because we want our intimacy to increase with our friend. We want to know our friend more. We want to be like, man, who who is this person that saved me and set me free? Who who is this person? My gosh, I need to hear more about him. I like, come on, let's let's talk. Like, what's up? So where you from? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. But let me be quiet. Does anybody have a question, anything they want to share, they want to talk about? I'm sorry. Brother Phil. Brother Phil, this is Prosperous Pam. Good morning. Um, I've been, I, your message was just just an amazing reminder for me. It was a reminder. Um, even in this walk, sometimes you might, um, you know, you, I fell in love that way with the Lord. You know, knowing that it doesn't matter how many times I fast and how many times I pray and how many times I pick up the Bible, but because he leads me. And I love how you broke down about um, the Holy Spirit guiding us. The Spirit is guiding us into truth. Um, that message was just so much for me. And a lot of times we just have to be very careful what we say, you know, as even believers, you know, because sometimes it can just take a different turn, you know, and then before you know it, you are getting a little legalistic. And that's not what the Lord wants. He doesn't want us to be in bondage. So your message was for me. God bless you, sir. Go on, on mute. God bless you, too. Come on. Good morning, Brother Phil. This is a Persistent Priscilla. I understood this gospel a couple of years ago, and I got it. And I agree. Of course, it, it's the truth. Here's a challenge I've had with it with other people who have gotten it, I've seen it where they've said, okay, I hit the mark, you know, I, I'm saved, um, I am a friend of God, he loves me, I'm going to heaven, and I can go off and do what I want to do. And I've actually seen people, and, and people have expressed that to me, which perplexed me at first, until I started dwelling a little bit um, deeper into the word and, and, and wanted to, and my desire was, as you said, to get to know um Jesus 
more, to get to know God more. I did not care to sin. I did not want that association or relationship. I felt like this person who's done this for me, I want to know them more. I want to love them more. But I have seen that understanding just go just the other opposite way. Um, Where a person was freed up so that they looked at everybody in church as y'all got it wrong and you guys are just legalistic and I can do whatever I want to do. And God still loves me. And I'm still going to heaven. And that's what I have seen. That's what I've been exposed to in church. And it, it um, I thank God it didn't send me in that direction. But I've always thought, you know, when I thought about expressing that to believers, I've, I've second thought, I've had second thoughts of expressing it because of what I've seen. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And um, I'm, I want to say this. I so understand, and I'm not saying this is you, um, but I understand I've met people who tend to say, you know what, um, like they will go to the extreme of even feeling like there are certain things under the law that we still need to to practice to keep. And the reason they do that is because they're so repulsed by the the lack of reverence to God that they've seen because people have taken the grace message and just perverted it and done exactly like you, what you said. There's a verse I have, Galatians 5, verse 13. It's the New Living Translation. It says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Okay? So this helps provide balance. Yes, we're free. Let me take it a step further. God doesn't just love believers. God loves the world. It's not one person walking around on the earth. God loves Charles Manson. God loves Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, where, where you where you want to go? God loves every child molester, rapist, murderer, like, like whatever. But you want to know what, though? This is the thing about us believers. All of us believers, we checked one of those boxes, too. <laughs> we checked one of those boxes, too, right? But what got us in was not the fact that we had to do like what we used to say before we got saved. If somebody invite us to church and we'd be like, "Man, I don't know, I, I man, I ain't ready. I got to get myself right first before I go up in there." Like, like it was really some way we could get ourselves right before Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You know. But it's like the only thing is we actually just said, all right, Jesus, I believe that you're Lord and your Savior. You died for me. The Lord comes in your heart. Now you automatically are added into the kingdom. That's it. It wasn't no work we did or or none of that. So I understand um, exactly what you mean of seeing them both. And the flip side is the Lord doesn't want us to be uh, prideful or arrogant as well either. 
And that's why I said earlier, you know what? There are people, look, if you want to go ahead and and uh, practice certain things, um, you know, cool, you go right ahead. But at the same time, understand that you can't tell me I'm going to hell because I don't practice those things. And when I'm talking about not practicing those things, I'm talking about like rituals, you know what I'm saying, things, uh, uh, certain feasts and all of that type of stuff, you know, where you could be looked at as blasphemous if you don't do those certain things in certain congregations. And it's just like, no, that's not a requirement. Like, here, let me let me put it like this. I know this is going to sound really tripped out, y'all, what I'm about to say. I'm not trying to – I'm listen, just hear me out. If you don't dress up and go to church on Easter Sunday, okay, not sort of mess up your relationship with Jesus, okay, as far as, like, salvation, why? Now, why do we go to service? Why do we go? Mind you, and then please, please, you all, understand. Let me preface my comment. I go to service. You know what I'm saying? I be up in church. I'm I'm faithful. You know what I mean? But again, my faithfulness is not because, you know, of a legalistic thing. It's because of the love that I have for this person that I'm serving. I love Jesus. I know what he set me free from. I know what he's done in my life. You know, he does good things for me. Like he is just so dope for real. And so when it's somebody that dope, you you want to show them reverence. You want to love on them. You want to be around them. You know what I mean? And that's the mindset that we want to have. It brings so much more freedom and so much joy in our covenant relationship. And and it it keeps it from being this covenant relationship of bondage, you know, this this covenant relationship of condemnation. Amen. Is there anybody else? Yeah, good morning. It's Diddy. Thank you for, for this morning. I'm at the preschool, so you might hear a baby crying or two. But, um, oh, she said so much this morning. I'm so full and thankful. All I keep hearing is he's that kind of friend by Walter Hawkins. And he says he will never forsake you, even though he knows everything there is to know about you. I recommend Jesus because he's that kind of friend. People come and go. People go. And so you have to know who your friend is and what a friend you have. Be not worried about, like you said, the legalistic part of it. And then even feeling like you have to go dress up um, for service and just everything. Things change. And I'm just grateful for your word this morning because um, whew, even when I, when I lost him, he knew where I left me. He's the defender. And Jesus bore it all on the cross. We will beat ourselves down because we have blown it. And so I'm glad you reminded us about the condemnation and everything you said this morning was right on point. He is closer than any brother, any brother. Just always know that, but you don't get caught up. And, and, and um, we have to check ourselves too. But I'm so grateful for you this morning. I love you, man of God. And I am coming to Chicago. I didn't know that I had a trip to Chicago, so I'm make sure I see you. I love you. Oh man, that's what's up. Look, I'm coming to the to the bay in July, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let y'all know that uh later we still getting everything together. Okay, we're gonna be looking for you too. <laughs> listen. I, you gonna listen. I I I don't mean this uh No I'm no no to... you you gonna be the mic. 
You handed me the mic the last time you was in the bay. Don't do that. <laughs> Listen, yeah, don't do that. It's, it's going to be worse this time because y'all going to catch me in the streets. We we coming to hit the streets. For That's real. Yeah, we ready. <laughs> we ready. It's going to be a mic in the streets. <laughs> hey, we're going to do it live in, in, in the Bay, as you have been doing it in Chicago. But, Bill, I just wanted to jump on and say, you know, you, um, I have some notes written down. And you said just what, and, and I was just, when I, as I was studying, and it, he gives us a free will. First, you said it, the mindset. Why wouldn't you want to do, um, you know, you, the the analogy of you do what you do to build a relationship you you stick close you know you build up a marriage you it's a, it's a build up it's a process in the work that you put in and when he gives us a free will and some people think a free will means freedom free to do dumb stuff aka sin that's not what it is it's a free will to do what you need to do to live but within the area of within him in Jesus, by Jesus, for Jesus, because of Jesus. So, um, you, you hit, you said everything that you know. I want to say you just broke it down the way you say it. Um, you 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 cut it without, you know, leaving any edges. And you know, you you just said it perfectly. But that right there about the free will and the freedom. I think we mistake the freedom for something different than um, you know, just living a life. He wants us to live a life um, within Him and and with a free will and not just chaotic it's not you know uh in the bay um one of our songs is tell me when to go dumb 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 and and you you get loose but we can still get loose but in him within keeping it in a certain you know a certain i don't want to say boundaries because it's not really bound um but you know what i'm saying so great declaration amen Anybody else? Brother Phil, this is uh, Jubilant Juliet. How you doing? Yo, what's up? Oh, wow. This is so good to hear your sound. And I love what you were talking about as far as this friendship. And I just, you know, I guess want to concur with everybody else, but what you, you know, specifically said is really about love, you know? Like yeah. When you know somebody, you know, yeah. in, in regards to these commandments, when you love somebody, the Bible says these are the two great commandments, to love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and your mind, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you actually look at those commandments, the breakdown is the first four, you tell, he's telling you how to love God, and the last six is telling you how to love your neighbor. And so, it, but it becomes bondage if you try to check it off, because really we cannot love God according to the way he needs to be loved without the Holy Spirit. Because exactly. I to check those boxes and I'm going to fall short because I may not commit adultery, <laughs> you know, out, you know, I may not commit adultery, but I can think it in my heart. And the Bible says, once I'm thinking it, I might as well, might as well have committed it if I meditate on that stuff. So the only way that I can be pure and clean, you know, uh, is through allowing the Holy Spirit to live in me. And that's the freedom. That's what God was saying, you know, you want us to be free, that their free will is basically, you know, uh, God, you know, wanting us to love him freely, not, um, you know, not under that bondage. Because the enemy, you know, he, he sets up a bondage type of relationship. 
to where, you know, they, you have to check them out. If you love me, then you got to do this and that. God, you know, he lays out the foundation. But like I said, before we were even born, before we even thought of, Christ died for us. So, you know, mm-hmm. his love, um, you know, regardless if I receive him or not, you know, in my walk, whether I want to be with Christ or not, you know, that's what I feel like free will is. He loves me anyway. The yeah. door is always open. It's never closed. Mm. He's always yeah. not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but it's just beautiful. But my thing is that as I want to think about that scripture also about, you know, the faith without works is dead. Well, the thing about it is that it goes back to me. Faith is still, is, to me, is, is love. If I love a person, then I'm going to, you know, love has action. <laughs> if, we, if I say I love you and I beat you, that's, um, or, or I don't never spend time with you, then I don't love you. That makes me mm. into a liar. You know, mm. if I love God and hate my brother, it says, and that makes me into a liar. So the actions have to follow it. That's why Paul said, I'll show you my faith by my works, right? It's not yeah. that he's trying hard. It's not that he's trying. It's the fact that he loves God so much that all of that stuff is going to follow, you know, that, you know, how God wants to be loved. He has a love language, too. <laughs> so I just love that. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Anybody else? Hey, Master Watson, you said you had some, you had scriptures mm-hmm. that you weren't going to dive into, but can you just give us some of those scriptures so we can meditate on them later today? Yeah. I, um, no, nah, I was, I was saved for not, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm not, I'm, I was just, I'm, <laughs> I just know that this uh this subject, you know what I'm saying, you know, it's it's not um it's not the one that's gonna get a lot of amen. You know what I'm saying? And that's fine. It's uh but I have a few. I mean I I'm trying to figure out where I, where I could start because we got a Bible full. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'll just give you chapters, okay? Since you didn't mm-hmm. say like a specific topic, um, I will give you chapters. So, Romans chapter 8, let's start from there. Matter of fact, no. How about this? Galatians chapter 3. Mm-hmm. You know the chapter where Paul says, foolish Galatians? You know why Paul is saying foolish Galatians? You know, you know why you call him that? No, no, I'm asking. The Church of Galatians, the Church of Galatians, has had a lot going on. No, 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 like no, no. No, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very specific. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna read verse two to you. After he says, "Who has bewitched you?" I'm gonna read verse two. I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna put it in the New Living Translation. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. 
How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Amen. I know you said you're not going to get a lot of amens from a problem, but I'm totally, that's how I came and could love the Lord. And I don't want to do porn or do no, you know, I've never been anyone to really even go off the edges. And it's not me, it's it's he who's inside of me. But um, for me, I can kind of see how it could just, I don't know, I'm just going to leave it alone and say amen. Let me say verse five. I ask you again. Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Now, this ain't me. This is the Bible. Okay. They struggle so struggling with their freedom in Christ. Yeah, no, that's cool. So we're going we to release truth because mm-hmm. the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Here, I'm going to give some other ones. I'm going to give some other ones. Mm-hmm. So we can release some 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 freedom in this area, some truth in this area. And I know that uh, as this truth is released, you know, it, it might it might even release some grinding of the, of the teeth. But again, these are Bible verses. This isn't me. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter three. I'm gonna read. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read here. I'm gonna give it. And the reason I read it in New Living Translation is because it's just a simpler read. But, I, you know, I would do the King James if you want, whatever. I love the King James. So check this out. Second Corinthians chapter 3, y'all. I'm going to start in verse, verse 5. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. Now, listen to this. This is a covenant, not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death. Listen, this is the Bible. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the spirit gives life. Let me keep going. The old way with laws etched in stone. Time out. Before we go any further, I, I have a question I want to ask you. What were the laws that were etched in stone? What do, what do we know those to be? The Ten Commandments. Okay. Let me tell you what he says about that. The old way with laws etched in stone led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect far greater glory under the new way? Now that the Holy Spirit is giving life, if the old way, listen to this, if the old way which brings condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, 
how much more glorious is the new which remains forever. Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. I'm going to stop right there. It even shows a connection with connecting with the new way gives us a confidence and a boldness that the old way did. There's a boldness we have with God, with our friendship, with our our covenant. That's That's why it's important to look and say, which covenant do I have? With with the Lord, am I operating under an old? Have I incorporated old covenant uh, philosophies, terminologies, in this covenant relationship with Jesus? Come on. Now that's just some. Now, there are so many other verses where I could get into, for real. I mean, it's it's a lot of them. And when you really begin to see, you begin to see that, like even in Romans chapter eight. You know, it's a it's a chapter that's famous for identity. It's a chapter that's famous for if you want to learn what it means to walk after the spirit and not walk after the flesh, where it shows the difference. But what's wild is he actually associates, he starts off associating the flesh with the law in verse 2. And this is a famous chapter where he starts off saying there is no condemnation. Why does he say that? Because the law brings condemnation. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. If the old way which brings condemnation. Y'all ain't got to be so okay. bad. I have, I have a question, but I'll, I'll, I'll discuss it with you another time. Based on based on this. Oh, no, you just said it. It's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I'm here. I'm here. Let's do it. And it's all in love. Come on. Christina don't want to ask her question. I have one. <laughs> Christina, you want to ask your question? No, nope, I'm gonna go on mute. Okay. Get Why later, you go on mute? Why you <laughs> So can I ask? On, well, you just made it clear for me. When you said uh, so many believers are stuck in the old um, covenant because of how they were raised and taught. And so that's what I was getting as you were talking about just even when you, you know, you get sat down at church for whatever reason. Um, so for some people, they're not free because they haven't unlearned, like Dion always says, some things that we have to unlearn. And by really understanding the word, it makes sense. Like even, you know, at 54 and I was raised in a Methodist church listening to what you just said this morning. It just makes so much more sense to me. You know, you're never too old to learn. Like said, if you think you've arrived and you think you have it all and you know everything, ooh, then I'm I'm a prey. And then you touched on the soul mm-hmm. tide. That, that's mm-hmm. so deep. There are people who don't even believe that they, they, they're connected. And when you talk about the ungodly, you know, you have some soul ties, so you didn't tie them, you don't got connected to somebody that's a business. <laughs> So you have to learn how to un to sever that stuff. So this morning it has been a blessing. So thank you for the way you just bring it. I love you so very much and I just appreciate you. Well I'm back on me. I'm at my good job. And that feels good. Love you too. Please y'all ask the questions, okay? It's I'm not gonna I, I promise you, I'm not gonna argue this is an atmosphere of peace, it's love. 
The Bible says, with all of our getting, get understanding. Isaiah chapter 1, I think, come, let us reason together. You're like, like this is what it is. This is, this is how we grow. This is how we learn. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're in a culture now. Look, we're talking about covenant relationships, right? We're in a culture right now where people would rather respond to someone via social media than actually just reach out and talk to them. We would rather put it out publicly before going to someone in privately. That's the culture we live in. But as believers in the church, that's not our culture. You know what I'm saying? Even if we got beef with somebody, the Bible even tells us how to handle the beef. He said, if you got a problem with somebody, go to them. <laughs> That's what he said. Go to them. And he said, look, if it can't be reconciled that way, go and bring somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So it's all good. Like, like, let's wrap. It ain't going to be no argument. I'm not no, you know, going to be no, no Hebrew Israelite on here chopping you down. Like, like, for real, it's cool. Hey, Phil. Yo, yo. Good morning. Go ahead. I'll wait um, for you. Is it Gloria? It is. Okay, good morning. Go ahead. I'll let you go, and then I'll, I'll come in right behind No, no, I already said you go. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Good morning. Um, I'm uh, really enjoying this uh, conversation on this morning because we have lived in the uh, covenant uh, of the Ten Commandments for so long that people are still bound by the covenant of the Ten Commandments back then. And when um, I first heard that, you know, that no, that they're no longer uh, governed by the uh, Ten Commandments, I think it was, may have been maybe 10 years ago. And, you know, it took, you have to cross over from that belief because it does become where you're more uh, on in legalism bound to that, uh, to the Ten Commandments. So I thank you for this morning. You are setting us free. And the quietness is not because we, you know, we are afraid to approach the word. It's because the way we had interpreted. And so mm. once we get the interpretation of the word broke down in the, uh, from legalism to where we are legally free, we are free indeed. And as you said in Romans, how and so you said that when you said that in the second verse, you he goes and say condemnation that you're no no you're not we're not bound by that anymore. So I yeah. thank you on this morning for opening our eyes. And so I will say to you, it's okay if we say it wrong because that's where we get it right. And so I mm. I pray that this is making sense. Cause it really, I mean, literally, it my light just flew on, like, okay. So we've been living in the laws of the Ten Commandments, honor thy father and mother, so forth and so on. Those were written for the Jews as Moses had went up on the mountain. So yeah. now Moses comes down, he presents it even before he got there. He broke the Ten Commandments, the first set, because mm. he was just, and like many of us, we are still stuck on that second, the second set of the Ten Commandments. Now we are still getting free from it. Let's get free this morning. I thank you. 
I am enjoying the word on this morning. I'm non-insuring. I got it to where I can get me a little bit of nourishment. I thank you on this morning <laughs> because it will free us. It's setting us free. And so that's why it's quiet. I understand that. Because I, I was really sitting back here going like, ah, but then when you said that about Romans, that pushed me to come out to speak. Speak now mm. or forever hold your peace because you don't want to continue. It's not a, in living in error, but it's, now we're free. We, we've yes. been free. We've yes. been free. This is 300 and some years ago we were set free. So, but now we're, we don't have to be bound by the governing rules of the church where they're writing, writing things on the walls of the churches, you know, church bylaws, you know, uh, you know, before, I don't know if you, um, you know, when you go in, there's a law that they put on most of the church walls that tells you when you, you know, before you, uh, if you're going into a new church, you know, or when you move and you, you want to get right back in to a fellowship with a new church and you, these are some of the, uh, that is, it's my law seem like to me, but God's rule is, it already has been written. It's been established. So Amen. God bless you on this morning, man of God. Good word. Good word. Yeah. Listen, Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 13, um, I'm going to read starting at verse eight. Romans 13, verse 8. Uh, this is the New Living Translation. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, listen to this, y'all. This is verse 8. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. I'm going to say that again. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Okay? So it's like he puts it out there so plain. And I love even what Gloria said, even about with the Ten Commandments. And remember, you all, there were hundreds of rules for the law. There were hundreds of them. But God knew that we wouldn't be able to keep them. No human being can perfectly keep it. That's why Jesus had to come. Because we couldn't keep it, for real. And so I'm bringing up that story with Gloria because she brought something in my mind that I forgot about. Remember, you all, when Moses came off of that mountain, um, well, the first, let me say this. Now when he came off the mountain, the first time uh, when he first got the, the Ten Commandments, it's in Exodus 20. And remember the reaction of the people. In Exodus 2020, Moses actually tells the people, don't fear, but fear God. Because what had happened was they had got so scared that they didn't even want to approach God. And they said, Moses, you talk to him for us. We'll talk to you, Moses, but we can't talk to God. 
And my point of why I'm bringing that up is to show is that mentality that we even have today where sometimes we feel that Dion is more worthy to go ahead and pray out loud, you talk to God than I am, or pastor so-and-so because they're anointed and I'm just not at that level yet. It's the exact same mindset of somebody else go and approach God for me because I'm not worthy to approach him. Notice this was the original mindset when the law was first brought to the people. This is what it produced. It produced that. And Jesus died a horrific death on the cross so you and I will not have to fall victim to that mindset anymore. Jesus died so the veil, remember, what was the purpose of the veil? The veil separated the priest in the Holy of Holies from the rest of the place. Now the Lord is saying, guess what? The veil is removed. Now anybody can come in my presence. Come on. It is, it is, it is so liberating to know that this is what makes it the good news. Because it's like, what makes it the good news? The good news is, it's like this. Let me tell you the bad news first. The bad news is your sin, whatever it is you've done, I don't care if you did one of them, you did it, it's worthy of death. You're sentenced to death. But the good news is somebody actually went and canceled all of those requirements for death off of your life and actually will make you look totally innocent with the judge. Really? So you mean to tell me I'm sentenced to the death penalty, but there is somebody that can actually get me set free from the death penalty? What I got to do? Just believe in them? Wait a minute, do I got to pay them or something? Like, you know what I'm saying? What what I got to do? I got to sacrifice my, I got to cut something in my skin? Like, what what I got to do? Oh. He just said, believe on him. Believe in what he did for you, and you will be made totally innocent in the court of law. That's it. That's it. And so it baffles the human mind. This is why, remember, who was Jesus beefing with? The Pharisees. Who were the Pharisees? The teachers of religious law. This is who he, this is who his beef was with. His beef was with those who promoted these particular things that we're talking about right now. Not metaphorically or anything. This is what they promoted. And it was too much for them to believe. They was like, no, it's got to be. No, this is blasphemous what you're talking about. Because they believed there were things you had to do to work in order to, to connect with God. Hallelujah. And I'm saying hallelujah because, deep, man, look, look, Jesus has opened the door. You know what I mean? He has removed this veil. You know, we want to make sure we are not falling victim to the preaching of another gospel. And at the same time, we have to make sure we are not giving another gospel to other people who are coming in the kingdom. Or we're putting them in bondage too. 
Amen. I want to share that. Hello? Anybody there? Yes. I'm here. We here. <laughs> we are. It's good. <laughs> so good. We have to stop and listen. Yes, we're here. Excellent work. Yeah. <laughs> I love y'all. We gonna close it off. It, it don't nobody. It, it there was another person Wait, who hold it. Hold it. Hold okay. it. Hold it. It's Gloria. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. I was trying to do something with work. So the 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 scripture where it says perfect love casts out fear, mm-hmm. and the ultimate of everything that we are is through Christ because of the love of God. And it's the love of God that prompts us to submit and to honor him in all our ways because he is our life. And Mm. so rather than try to fight against, well, I don't know how to do this, it really comes down to just submitting to his spirit in us and his love towards us and to be able to trust the fact that God's not going to lead us wrong. Holy Spirit is not going to lead us. He's not going to. He led Jesus into the wilderness. If we, if he allows us to get into situations or circumstances, it doesn't matter because he's already there with us and has already made a solution for it. It's being able to trust him even when we don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. The love yeah. of God allows us to do that. And the love of God is what prompts us to continue to love him more because he does say, if you love me, keep my commandments. And his commandments are just the, the, the two that you hung your hat on. <laughs> The love God and the love our neighbors as our, as ourselves. Come on. And that's Come in on. spite of what we feel. It has nothing to do with what we feel. It has nothing to do with what we think. It has nothing to do with what our intellect says. It's being able to trust the love of God and to love like God said love. Come I'm on. Back on mute. And you know what? What she said, y'all, I'd encourage you to check out Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It says, this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You all, it's the responsibility of the Holy Spirit um, to help us to love. Like there are people that you're going to run into, you can't love them. And you can try to love them all you want. And you're going to be like, man, look, I just do not like this person. <laughs> it's what it is. But look, it's not your job to make yourself try to love them. I know that sounds tripped out, okay? You you like, hold on, you, you wrote the love chamber book. Listen to me. It's not your job to make to, to make yourself love them. What your job is is to ask Holy Spirit to help you to love them. See, in other words, Holy Spirit, the helper, it's his job to fill your heart with the love that you need. So if you don't have love for somebody, don't feel condemned. No, it's okay. You can't humanly pull it up. You're just not going to be able to because then you're God. If you could just always humanly pull it up. No, you're going to have to ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will produce God's love in your heart, God's love for others, but also um, God's love for him as well. 
Good morning, Dr. Phil. (laughs) Hey, this is Lisa. Um, It's interesting that, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I I apologize if what I'm about to say has been said because I'm at work and I had to be off the phone. Um, But what you just said about love is, um, listen, we we look at the fruit of the spirit, the first one listed is love. Normally things are listed in order of priority. So that's something to kind of consider and think. What I wanted to say was when you talk about the condemnation and everything else that we go through and we have to face and we look at um, how we're taking on responsibility and trying to fulfill the law that we've already been freed from, Jesus said it really within, you know, his last breath. It is finished. It's finished. Mm. Because of everything and did it and settled it for us. And every time we go back and we get caught up into trying to fulfill the law, we literally say that what he did for us on the cross was not enough. But it did satisfy God. That's how he was able to say it's finished. We don't need to add nothing to it. We just have to accept it. So um, I was just thinking about that. So uh, thanks. Mm, Come on. Praise God. Amen. Anybody else? Okay, we're going to close this on out with prayer. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We love you. We honor you. We thank you for being king of all kings. We thank you for being Lord of all lords. You are the Lord of all lords. Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you for this glorious thing you have done for us. Thank you for this radical friendship. Lord, You, this friendship, Lord God, that just so shook up everything in creation and existence. Lord, this friendship for us that was so deep that people murdered you over it. Hmm. Hallelujah. But yet you overcame them and you rose from the dead. Hallelujah. To make sure that every single thing that you have promised to us, Lord, we can put our whole trust in that thing and not be put to shame. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, we pray for the anointing today to destroy every yoke, Lord God, every yoke that is not the yoke of the Lord, every yoke that has not been inspired by you and your Holy Spirit, every single yoke, oh God, that has tried to keep us, Lord, tangled in bondage, Lord, we pray today we'll begin the cutting, the cutting away of that thing. And I pray that with all our getting, we will get understanding. Lord, I I rebuke every spirit of mind control, every mind-binding spirit in the name of Jesus. God, any spirit of confusion that will try to come and try to confuse or pervert the truth that has been released, I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray right now for the spirit of understanding to begin to burn and blaze in this atmosphere like never before. Lord, I rebuke every spirit of bondage in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I rebuke the spirit of Pharaoh in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray right now for liberty. For Lord, you said that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I pray that you are producing 
fresh koroshe koroki kare rose doro pekia sekoro pekia doro do peka rapa suke pule pera. Oh Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you are producing roste koshekia, a fresh love in our heart like never before, a fresh freedom, a fresh inspiration, fresh hope in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are producing that in our heart, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray, Lord, that that you would not allow our liberty to be an occasion to sin. Hallelujah, Lord. You would keep us rooted and grounded in you. Lord, we pray that you would decrease and take away the condemnation, but you would increase the conviction. Hallelujah. For Holy Spirit, you are spirit that convicts and brings life. And so we bless you, we love you, and we pray that you will restore the joys of our salvation. Let more miracle signs and wonders begin to break forth like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, lovers. Don't forget all five o'clock fasting closing fasting prayer today. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. I gotta go to work. Hey, hey. go to work. Yes, yes. <laughs> Bye. Love you too. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. That's what's up. Amen. Alright, y'all. Alright, Brussels. Have a blessed day. God bless everybody. Love y'all. God bless love everybody. Y'all Have a blessed day. Jesus love it. Thank you for truth. Love. Have a blessed day. Amen. Amen.
true. Praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please, we are declared victory. True. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared Truth. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared Truth. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Truth. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared Truth. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared Truth. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Truth. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared Truth. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared Truth. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Truth. 
praying for our youth. Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared This conference has reached its maximum duration and will end in one minute. It's God. 